Securities offered through Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC, is under separate ownership from any other named entity. Carson Partners, a division of CWM, LLC, is a nationwide partnership of advisors. This is The Way to Wealth. With host Scott Ford, a jiu-jitsu fighting, woodworking, beekeeping entrepreneur who is also the managing director, partner, and wealth advisor of Carson Wealth. Financial freedom is the goal, and clarity and simplicity is how we'll get there. Let's get to it. This is Way to Wealth. Hello, and welcome back to the Way to Wealth podcast, where we're all about making money simple, allowing you the opportunity to fully live and fully live now. That's what this thing's all about. So super excited today to have a good friend of mine and medical doctor from the Washington, D.C. area, Dr. Diva Nagula. So welcome to the Way to Wealth podcast, Diva. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. Yeah, I look forward to connecting. Uh, I have known Diva for a while, and uh, he certainly has lots of experience and also, I think, a unique story to share. And, you know, what I'll do is set the stage a little bit just by saying, right, with the way to wealth, you know, you listen to this, it's about making money simple, allowing you to fully live now. And where we go with that is about health, wealth, wisdom, and happiness. So most people come to us, hey, help with money. Well, we got that. It's called the way to wealth. And so that's that. How do we make money simple? And so when you think of wealth, I call that being financially free. Well, Way to Wealth does that. And then we want to make sure you recognize you have enough because once you know you have enough, no matter how much money you have, that's wealth. And then ultimately, we want you to recognize really love is true wealth. And so it's kind of a spiritual line when you really look at health, wealth, wisdom, and happiness. You look at spirituality under health. You look at love under wealth. You look at living now under uh, the wisdom piece, and you look at re- healthy relationships under the happiness piece. So that's what brings Diva here is uh, one, he's a friend. Two, this ties to money. So once we get that money piece figured out, let's talk about health. And he has a unique background. And so I'll just give a little intro with Divas. This will be the formal part of it, but Dr. Diva is a board-certified osteopathic physician and has extensive knowledge and training in integrative and functional medicine, was also trained uh, through Andrew Wiles, Dr. Andrew Wiles' process, uh, Washington, D.C. native, grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, and his interest in medicine developed at an early age when he decided to follow in his father's footsteps. And then I know you also have a unique backstory potentially to share. So anyway, Diva, welcome again, and would love you to just let the audience know who you are, why you do what you do, and maybe share some of your story, why you're so passionate about what you do. Thanks, Scott, for the intro. I really appreciate it. So, you know, my story is a a bit complex, but um, and it's gotten to me to this path that I'm on now, and I'm very happy, healthy, excited to be on this given path that I have chosen to be on. I was a practitioner in Western medicine for many, many years. I went to medical school in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I went through traditional um, allopathic and osteopathic training. And my specialty was in interventional pain management. And shortly after I graduated my fellowship, I went into um, business and I started up my own practice. It's typically unusual to set up your own practice after you're doing your residency or finishing medical school simply because you don't get the tools for business when you're in school. And I didn't have a business background, but I was young and I just wanted to dive into it. And my first employer that I had did not work out. And that taught me that I should be uh, my own man, my own boss, and uh, 
that's why I went ahead and jumped in and leaped forward to set up my own practice. I didn't know what to expect. It was, um, you know, learning uh, about business from very on, on-site training, on-job training, more or less. And mind you, I was all, also very fresh out of school. So I was in a small rural town in Georgia where I set up my own practice. And, you know, after a few years, I, I started to get the grasp of it and um, was making money, you know, money that I've never seen before. And I was seeing patients and really treating patients really well. And my marketing strategy was more or less um, the patient's word of mouth because the patients who I saw and treated were getting such great results. They would tell their family and then their friends and they would refer them to me. So that was my main marketing strategy. But as you know, as a business person, you know, there's so many other things to really you know, have to fine tune and have to be on top of in order to uh, make sure, sure your business is successful. For me, it was about not only delivering the proper care to the patients, but I had to learn about business management. I had to learn about managing you know, staff with human resources. I had to do the marketing and then I ended up doing my own books. And so it was you know, a lot going on at once while trying to keep you know, the care for the patients at the top and the utmost priority. So that was, it started to get more stressful for me because it was, um, I, as my practice was getting busier, it demanded a lot more attention and it demanded a lot more work on my end from the business perspective, as well as the professional side. So I thought, well, let me just hire more people, hire more people, delegate. And, you know, what will happen is it'll mitigate some of the work and stress load off of me. Unfortunately, when you hire people, what I didn't know, it actually as complicates your life simply because there's just more dynamics to mess with and to play with and the interactions of people. You know, it's almost like you're going back to school and being the teacher and, and you have to, you know, put people aside when they're arguing. And in fact, that was the most stressful part for me. So it wasn't really anything else that of the business part that I couldn't handle, but the human resources side was such a, such a thorn in my side. So I eventually got smart. And as I grew, I got, I grew into two offices in two different states. I built a premier surgical center where I was um, performing cutting edge interventional procedures for patients and still getting great relief and results. I hired more physicians to help me and uh, physician extenders to help me. After about seven and a half years of my, uh, of working in my practice, um, I was feeling the burnout and I decided to go ahead and exit the practice. And typically the way the medical field works, if you sell your practice, I think this is how most businesses work. You're required to stay on two to three years um, and get your earn out after a few years. I, I actually did not stay on. And because of that, my multiple was a lot less. So I exited, you know, made a good amount of money and things were great for me. And I had gotten married right after I finished um, selling my business. And then the unfortunate thing transpired about uh, a year after I sold my practice. And unfortunately, what had happened was I had been diagnosed with stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I was shocked like anybody else because at the time I was feeling great. I had just gotten married and I was ready to start you know, my life with my partner and start a family. And I didn't understand why I had been this, I had given this diagnosis. And as I was doing my research and as I was learning more about the disease and the causes of it, it turned out that it was a lifestyle thing. So I had lived in a lifestyle all my life where I was under the gun. I was always in fight or flight. And I was never the type of person that was really happy with what I had accomplished, nor did I receive praise from my parents growing up. They were always demanding on me to do better. 
And it wasn't, it wasn't sufficient if I got a 99 or a 98 out of 100 on the test. I had to get the 100. And so that's how I lived my life even after I left home. Anything that I achieved, it wasn't good enough. So I'd always continue to raise the bar higher and higher. And when I met it, well, guess what? That wasn't good enough. Let's see how higher I can raise the bar. And so a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business people probably have that same mentality. You know, whether it was something that was derived from childhood or peers or whatever, you know, these are some commonalities that I've seen in entrepreneurs. Unfortunately for me, it led me to have cancer. The isolation that I was putting myself in, you know, I didn't have a sense of community. Um, I, you know, and my lifestyle was the biggest problem that I faced. Um, I had not slept, you know, you know, regularly. I wasn't properly sleeping. I wasn't eating well. I was eating your standard American diet, which is devoid of so much of nutrients. Um, mm -hmm. I was making my, my, I was eating at fast food restaurants. I was eating at fast casual restaurants. I knew McDonald's wasn't very good, but in my mind, I was like, well, let me just get a Subway. You know, they have more vegetables and I can get some supposed more nutrients uh, by eating at Subway. So this was my daily routine while I was working as a physician. You would think I would, as a physician, I would know about nutrition. They don't teach you nutrition in medical school, unfortunately. And nutrition is the utmost important thing to be able to live a healthy life. And I found out, you know, after my research that what I needed to eat, how I should change my lifestyle. Fortunately for me, I was able to um, beat the cancer. And today I'm still in remission. And, but I believe I'm in remission now because of the lifestyle that I lead. I'm very conscientious of what I put in my body. I'm very conscientious of the things that I apply in my body. And, you know, there is some research that shows that when a female leaves the house to go to work in the morning, they have over a hundred chemicals that they have um, already have absorbed on their skin because of the makeup and all the other things that, that you know, all the personal care products that's used. And so it's a hundred toxic chemicals that's in their, on their body before they even leave, leave home for work. For the males, it's about 80 chemicals or so, you know, through personal care products and whatever. So you combine that with, you know, bad food choices, you're setting your lifestyle up for severe inflammation. Why is inflammation so important? Because inflammation, it's acute and chronic, you know, acute inflammatory processes are like when you sit there, bruise your skin your skin kind of gets red and then, and then you see all this reactions occur and then it eventually heals. A chronic situation is when that inflammation is over a period of three to four months or greater. And what happens over time is that the inflammatory processes are so great in the system, there's no time to heal. And this inflammation just builds and builds and builds until, until disease processes occur. And in my case, I had such horrible inflammation that I ended up getting cancer. You know, there, and cancer is the you know, far end of the spectrum. There's all sorts of autoimmune diseases, you know, other processes that can occur. And people, even diseases such as diabetes and obesity, that's secondary to an inflammatory state. So for me, I had to curtail my inflammation. And it was all about eating correctly, eating organic foods, um, you know, not also avoiding processed foods, because that's how I lived my life since I left home uh, for college is just basically eating processed foods all the time. And combine that with uh, stress and combine that with lack of sleep. I mean, you have a perfect storm uh, of, of disease process. Also for me, when I had done my research, I realized that one of the biggest uh, risk factors to mortality was loneliness. And loneliness is more of a risk factor to mortality than say um, smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. 
um, which surprised me when I read that. So, and I was, I was lonely because I was working in a, in a small town. Um, and I, my life surrounded, was surrounded by work. I didn't have any free time. I didn't have any free time to play or, or just, you know, relax and be joyful. And so I feel that that combination, those combinations was perfectly set up for me to get the cancer. So I needed to use a multi-pronged approach to calm my system down so that I would be, you know, I wouldn't be set up for another uh, process like cancer again. And so it's been six years. I was diagnosed 14, remission in 15. So it's been six years. I think we've done a pretty good job. Um, however, after all this work, um, it still wasn't sufficient for me because I didn't feel quite like I had beaten and I had really um, gotten to a situation where I felt like I um, was, was satisfied with my life and I was, wasn't exactly happy. And what had happened for me was that I had moved from um, uh, Florida and moved back to the DC area. And I joined this, this networking group. And someone had actually asked me if I wanted to um, join in on a plant medicine ceremony. And this is plant medicine using psychedelic medicines. I didn't know, you know what anything was, but I knew that you know, I was in a state of depression and, you know, I had actually gotten to the point in my life where I was satisfied with the way I was living. So I had really cut myself off from society. And a lot of this was the trauma from the cancer and then trauma from a divorce and just everything that had happened during my life. And so I had ended up going to explore this. And honestly, it's been, it was the biggest, biggest game changer for me. Um, it really um, increased my happiness multiple times from prior to prior to going through these experiences. Not only did it increase my happiness, it gave me a sense of purpose, but most importantly, it really gave me a sense of spirituality, which I had lacked or I had gotten rid of. And for me, it was um, getting back to spirituality, finding my true purpose, and then ultimately being of service to people. And that gave me the focus and goal. And that combined with living a healthy lifestyle using mindfulness strategies are the key things that I feel that has kept me in remission and that it's kept me healthy and it's kept me, you know, moving forward. And now my passion and what I do now is, is try and be the best person that I can for my clients, for my patients. And, and utmostly I want to be of service to people. So I did write a book, um, uh, not really marketing or advertising my book, but it does, uh, it was written with the content that I just shared um, and giving people tips about how to live a life in a preventative sense to prevent cancer, to live a healthy life. And then I also go into a large uh, portion or the last section, quarter or section of the book about psychedelics and the importance of psychedelics. I have a lot of research that I've, um, you know, I quote um, in, in the utilization and the benefits of, of psychedelics. So um, the book's name is From, From Doctor to Patient, Healing Cancer Through Mind, Body and Spirit. Um, and yeah, uh, I also have a podcast series, as you know, Scott. So it's also called From Doctor to Patient. Yeah, beautiful. Well, first of all, uh, Diva, thank you for sharing and being vulnerable and laying out your story in such an articulate, uh, beautiful way. So thank you for that. And I was good. That was my plan. I was going to mention the book. I've read it. I read it even before we met. Uh, I've listened to your podcast. I've told you this. You do a great job. I've done my best to share guests who I think would uh, fit well on the podcast. So highly recommend that. Anyone interested in learning more about D Dr. Diva would be the podcast and book would be great resources. Your story ties in, which is why I wanted to have you on. 
so nicely with the way to wealth and, and so nicely specifically with the healthy, wealthy, wise, and happy. And as I'm listening to you, you know, a couple of things come to mind. One is I think of the financial system, which is why I do what I do, because I personally think it's upside down and a bit backwards. And, and it's not taught in academia. And so you go out there, you try to figure it out on your own, and most people aren't figuring it out very well. And it's because the what's being taught, in, in my opinion, from my research, is not the right modality to go about things. And then it's the same in the education system, in my opinion. And then it's the same in the medical system, in my opinion. And you've lived it. And so that's why I really wanted to have you on. When you think about, and by the way, one of the one of the things that came to mind when you said you sold um, and didn't stay for an earnout, which would have given you a higher multiple, uh, friend, mentor, strategic coach Dan Sullivan, I started in there in the late '90s, early 2000s, working with Dan and strategic coach in Toronto. And the reason I did is because you said so. Business isn't really taught in the real world, right? Like what it's really like out there. So here I am. Uh, started in 91, founded the company in 96, and I'm doing okay, but I'm just, I'm figuring it out as I go. I'm like, I need to see, you know, who can I go to? Well, I went into an entrepreneurial coaching program called Strategic Coach, and it was such a game changer. Where I was headed is one of the things Dan says, because he works with, he's done this for like 50 years or 40 some years, coaching entrepreneurs. And he's like, when you sell, sell. He's like, go. And so actually, yes, you may have got a, not the same multiple, but he would have said, right on. That's what you should do. So I think that's actually, I thought of that when you were saying that. So when I think of healthy, wealthy, wise, and happy, the first bullet point that I have under health, I have three things. I have spiritual health. I talk about mental health and I talk about physical health. Because if we don't have those, I don't care how much money you have, uh, you're not going to be very happy, fulfilled, you know? And and look, at the end of it, I, I use this analogy a fair amount. If I were to tell you that you could use this process the way to wealth, and by using this process, the way to wealth, you're going to have a billion dollars. And we're going to get you to that billion dollars within one year. I bet everyone would raise their hand and be like, sign me up for that way to wealth process. If I went on to say, and with that billion dollars, you're going to be completely unfulfilled, unsatisfied, depressed, lonely, and probably unhealthy. You want the billion? Nope. All hands go down, right? So my point is, you think that's what you want. What you really want is this sense of well-being in all areas of life. And one is money is just a piece and an energy and a tool to use for the other area. So that's why this fits together. So when I think of spirituality, you touched on this. Could you add more or, or what are your thoughts on adding more color on the importance of spirituality to overall health? You know, I, I believe it's it's um, extremely important, but what we don't want to confuse is spirituality and going to church. You know, I mean, you don't necessarily have to be a religious person to be spiritual. You know, spirituality is you know something in my mind where you're being of service to others. You know, you're you're connecting with other people. Um, everything is is revolved around the concept of oneness, where we're all you know, one, we are, you know, and, and, and that's a huge um, component of what I believe in. And, and I, and it was through plant medicine journeys, through how I've actually experienced the oneness and in, in the universe, we're all just one, you know, and, and that's, that's an important concept. And you now how we treat others is how is a reflection of how we treat ourselves. So, you know, and that's the mirror image, that concept that I, I like to use when I, when I talk about people and their references and, and their complaints or issues that they have with other people. You know, so 
for example, Scott, if it's, if it's, if it's something that you're doing that, um, you know, that's bugging me, you know, and then I have to look at it. I'm like, well, why is it bugging me? You know, when I look back and I think, well, it's because it's something about me that I haven't resolved in my own issues. And that's why it's bugging me. And the whole concept is about this is that's really coming from a place of love. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, that, that's that line that I talk about and draw sometimes of the spiritual and healthy, the love and wealthy, the uh, living in the present moment, living now, as Eckhart Tolle says, in the wisdom piece and then healthy relationships. It's the community part you were talking about before in the happy part. Like that's the line to be on. And that's that's it's why I'm here. It's why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's like, let's make money simple. Let's recognize why we're making money simple. It's to get people on that yellow line, whatever you call it. Uh, that's really what this whole game is about. And and there's lots of data and statistics supporting what we're saying. So if you're if you don't have um, spirituality of some form that you focus on that you believe in, that's going to be detrimental to your health, which is going to affect all other aspects of of your life. Another question I was going to ask you while I have you, Diva, is, and I might wrap with this one, and then I'll re-mention how people can contact you, and that is one, two, three takeaways for people to focus on. Cause maybe pe people are listening and they're just like, I, you know, I'm not very healthy. Maybe I'm for whatever the reason is, what would you say would be a, a few critical things they could focus on to try to, to not try, but to get things moving in the right direction there? Yeah. I would say focus on your diet is the number one thing that I would recommend. And that would be by doing that, you're setting yourself up for a reduction in inflammation uh, for more longevity and just less process of acquiring a disease that's not needed. And the way to do that is to eat organic foods um, and to limit, mainly eliminate processed foods. If you can eliminate processed foods, you're, you know, you're pretty much there. But also in addition, if you can, it'd be important to eat organic food. Why? Because you're avoiding pesticides. There's an exorbitant amount of pesticides use in our, our, our food supply. Organics food has a, a restriction on the amount of pesticides that are used. And we know for me specifically, the pesticide glyphosate, which is the chemical active ingredient in Roundup, there is a high correlation between that and the cancer that I had. I don't know if it's a causation, but there's definitely a high correlation. So it's more important to really understand where glyphosate comes from, how it, you know, it's pretty much applied on most of the crops and even in our, our wheat supply. So all of our main staples that we use, you know, you know the soy, you know, uh, cotton, all, all of, you know, you have some sort of glyphosate, you know, that's used in, in, in addition, all of our animal feed, uh, they typically have crops where there's tons of glyphosate that's applied. So we're getting it, you know, uh, we're getting the exposure just through our um, exposure through the animals that we are consuming, uh, because of their exposure to the glyphosate. So those are minimal, the main things. And then the next thing I would recommend doing is really find some sort of mindfulness strategy that speaks to you. Um, mindfulness would be something like a meditation practice, breath work, um, you know, something like even if you're into yoga or any type of martial arts like Tai Chi or Qigong, these are types of things that will allow you to mitigate the excessive chatter that's in your mind and get more in touch with your body. The body is very important. I mean, body has its own intelligence too. So mm -hmm. it's really important to get out of our heads and get more into our bodies. And as we do that, we can really turn down the volume of our nervous system. And that's really the key to living a healthy, long life. And, and that's what we want to do. 
So I feel those combinations are, are, are really a good strategy to, to employ just to start. Um, and if you're having any questions of, of what type of strategy, I'm always available to help out. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, I it would be no surprise why uh, Dr. Deep is a friend and having him on the podcast. Um, I practice everything he's saying from, and you guys know this, my first intro to mindfulness was, oh, 15 to 20 years ago. And it was a bit woo-woo to me early on. I didn't get it. I just didn't, it didn't click for me. And then I read this book by Dr. Herbert Benson from Harvard, uh, who talked about the relaxation response. And he was like, look, just start with five minutes, then go to 10. And all you're doing is say a number, say one. And on your exhale, say one. And on your next exhale, say one. And you're just sitting in a quiet place. I mean, you can start there no matter how you feel about it. So I couldn't agree more. And I've practiced every since. That's been very instrumental for me to slow down the monkey mind. I got a busy, always had busy mind. And a lot of people's let's medicate it or let's this, let's that. You know what a lot of entrepreneurs do. So let's let's work with it is what I say. And I couldn't agree more on the eating organic. Angie and I do that. And like, you can simplify it, but just saying, if it comes, if you got to undo a wrapper, how about not doing that? How about anything coming from the ground or a fruit or protein or whatever it is that your, your body calls to? And then the other thing, last thing I'll just say is there's a great book called The Body Keeps the Score. And it speaks to exactly what you're talking about. I think we can, and I have, there were years where I was so noisy with my monkey mind and going and doing and trying to do the right thing, but I was not able to connect and listen to my body. Uh, and that's, that's leading down, not a good road. And so being able to tune in is very important because the body knows and it keeps the score. So I'll just say this. Thank you for being on. Uh, love your work. Uh, you know, great to be friends and to continue helping each other. So I would highly recommend uh, from Dr. The Patient podcast and book from Dr. Diva Nagula. So thanks everyone for joining. We'll catch you next week on the Way to Wealth podcast, where we're all about making money simple. Why? So that you can fully live and fully live now, not 30 years from now. So see you next week. The opinions voiced in Way to Wealth with Scott Ford, Managing Director, Partner, and Wealth Advisor of Carson Wealth, are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Way to Wealth are not affiliated with CWM LLC or Satara Advisor Networks LLC. Carson Wealth, 19833, Leitersburg Pike, Suite 1, Hagerstown, Maryland, 21742.